Now, we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Murphy Houston. Good morning and welcome into another edition of Mile High Magazine. It's Murphy Houston. Hope your day is going well. And with the holidays upon us and a lot of Christmas parties and family gatherings and a lot of maybe too much alcohol, we need to talk about some things you need to be aware of. So we always like to bring in our friends at the Colorado State Patrol. Today it's Sergeant Blake White who's here to talk about things you need to know. Sergeant, thanks for coming in. Good morning. Thank you. Do I have to call you Sergeant or can I call you Blake? Sergeant Blake. <laughs> Anything is fine. <laughs> not Just not hey you. I would, would not I'll be respond to hey you as well. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about it. It's the holidays. Uh, it's a busy time of the year. People are out partying and you guys have your hands full. Is that true? Yeah, we absolutely have our hands full. And, and we just want people to celebrate responsibly, have a good time with their family and make it there safely. So let's talk about impaired driving. Let's help our friends understand what you're looking for, what you should not be doing. Some of this is any time of the year. Well, all of it is any time of the year. And what is impaired driving? And of course, it is any time of the year. But, you know, around the holidays, people tend to spend time together. And sometimes that includes whether it's drinking or in Colorado, other recreational um, a little marijuana, marijuana stuff. Yeah. that can happen in Colorado sure. as well. Yes, um, it can. But what it is, is it's it's basically consuming those intoxicating substances or beverages and driving is where we come into play is when people choose to drink and drive or use a substance and drive right and you would think and i'm going to ask you flat out is that kind of a situation been reduced since uber and all these have come along are people getting smarter about that i'm not driving i'm just going to call an uber I think some people are getting smarter, but yeah. what's sad is we still have a large amount of people that are choosing to drink and drive. Yeah, We, we, we make about 5,000 arrests a year for wow. um, impaired driving. which 5,000? Which is, yes. And in this day and age, with those you know, ride-share <laughs> services, with public transportation, <laughs> right. people are still making those decisions. Yeah, and it's always amazed me, and I, and I, I guess I've experienced this, people that have parties in neighborhoods, like they're three blocks from home, and they party out and then oh i only got three blocks to drive a lot can happen in three blocks oh absolutely and if you look at it well what about three blocks to maybe walk or get you know have someone still take you home there's so many other options than choosing to drink and drive oh i would hope so so what is the legal limit for alcohol maybe people don't even know that sure and and i'll and i'll preface this by saying there is a legal limit but you can still get a dui or a dwai which is driving while ability impaired while you're under that limit. Is that right? I so, didn't know that. Yeah, so the uh, the lowest threshold is going to be a .05. Okay. And what that is is it's a driving while ability impaired. The next threshold up is going to be the driving under the influence, which is a .08. Oh. And what those are is your blood alcohol level. Um, so that's consuming enough alcohol that you're going to reach those thresholds. It's automatically assumed basically that you are driving under the influence kind of at those thresholds. Now, that's not to say that you can't get a DUI or DWAI under those thresholds. So, so what, what do you base that on? Sure. What, you, yeah, I, and the I way, mean, how do you even know the alcohol levels? I mean, I've never, thank <laughs> luck, I've never, I've never had to go through that. Yes, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, so what the, the law says is that for DWAI is that you are impaired to the slightest degree. Basically, okay. it, it could be anything that's going to make you less capable of driving a vehicle than you normally would be. Okay. So that doesn't the point zero five is saying that you're at that level, but if you're less capable, you shouldn't be driving a car. Right. So you can fall under that. Now, when it reaches those, and we, you know, an officer suspects that you're driving under the influence, what we do is um, we'll conduct voluntary roadside maneuvers. 
you know, just to kind of see what we're seeing and all that. And then if the officer decides to place the person under arrest, then in Colorado you have the option of a blood test or a breath test. With those, then we can get back the the actual level of what somebody is at. And you do that right on the road when you pull somebody over. Or do you have to take them to the so station? It depends. Yeah, it depends yeah. on where the uh, the machines are at, so right. we, or the instruments. So we have a uh, the breath test. Those are you know in various locations throughout the state, and the blood tests are usually done by either hospital or paramedics. Right now, I've heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, so I'm going to ask you. You can refuse that test. You can refuse a test in Colorado. Um, you do run the the risk of your license being revoked um, if you choose to refuse those. But that, that is something some people choose to do. Right. And it starts with the roadside test. It does start with yeah. that. And that's just one of the tools that we use to right. just kind of see if somebody's safe to drive. Is that still a big issue in Colorado, impaired driving? Because before we started our little conversation here, Sergeant and I were talking about the fact that the, the traffic situation and how much more work it is for these guys because there's so much traffic now. So is it increasing the impaired driving or getting less? You know, it's hard to say. We're, obviously, we're basing it off of our resources and what we're able to do. Um, but like I said before, we're we're arresting, on average, about 5,000 people a year for it. So it's still a big issue. Um, we have, you know, it's around, I'd probably say, average about 75 people killed a year for impaired driving. And so obviously that's that's 75 people that didn't have to lose their lives. Yeah. Right? So that's it's it's a huge issue to us. It's yeah. very important. That's a that's a big number. Absolutely. Even, even at 75 it's a yeah, big that's, number. That's 75 people. Yeah, exactly. So this time of year, do you have these little roadside tests set up where you pull cars over? Is that still a big thing with the Colorado State Patrol? You know, we do them year round and it, yeah. it just varies by area. Sometimes we have the the DUI checkpoints and that's one of the tools that we use is um another way to combat impaired driving. So what are, you, what are you guys doing to really try to stop drunk driving? I mean, we're talking about it. We're making people aware. And it's not just the holiday season, as we talked earlier. It's year-round. Be aware. Right. And that's one of the, the biggest things is, first off, talking about it and having this open conversation and saying that we, we realize people are going to drink or, you know, sometimes consume these substances in Colorado. But don't drive. Don't put yourself in those situations where you're endangering yourself and everybody else on the roadway. So it's... Again, it's it's such an important thing to us that we we just want to we want to have this conversation first, and also you know the state patrol is here for those enforcement efforts. We're here to combat drunk driving on the roadways. Well, I, I I've always thought you're here to help Colorado State Patrol, not make it tough on you. You're making it tough on yourself. Oh, absolutely. We would love to put ourselves out of business. We would love to not make arrests. <laughs> yeah. If if everybody chose to to make these proper decisions and to be safe out there, I would love to not have a job. Um so it's it's kind of one of those weird professions yeah. where we're striving to put ourselves out of business because we want to save lives. Well, that's a good thing. It's good you're out there. And we're talking a little bit about too about other substances like marijuana. How, how does that play in? How do you know? I mean, it's pretty much you know how to do alcohol testing what about marijuana what do you what do you do about that so we train our officers in in uh alcohol as well as you know the uh driving under the influence of marijuana or other drugs so they go through again those standardized field sobriety tests and are looking for signs that that person is less capable or substantially incapable to drive a vehicle so there's going to be different things that are displayed um you know depending on the type of drug but there are going to be signs that that person, again, shouldn't be driving that we look for. And how would you pull them over? Is it similar to a drunk driver? They're 
you know, weaving on the road and you see that or what, what is it that might tip you off? Sure. And it can be different things. It can be different things for drunk drivers. It can be different for marijuana and it's going to be dependent on the person as well. So it's not to say that every time it's going to be weaving or, or something else. But I think the, the common misconception is a lot of the time that marijuana drivers are going to drive slower on the roadways. A lot of times what happens is they actually drive faster because they perceive time differently so that they're going to be driving at a higher rate of speed as opposed to slower. Wow. So there are, it's, it's unique to that. It's, again, it's different. It's just one of the things that we see with it. And what can we do as citizens to help you guys out if we perceive that, that there's something wrong with that guy? What, what do we do for driving down the road? Of course. So it, it depends. If it's a life or death thing and you're, you're concerned this person's going to harm somebody, call 911 right away. That's the easiest thing. If it's, hey, this person's kind of weaving, something's going on, call Star CSP, like Colorado State Patrol, from your cell phone and it goes right to our dispatch. You can call anywhere in the state and that goes right to us. What is that number again? Star CSP. That's and, pretty easy to remember. Yeah, that's yeah. very easy to remember. Yeah, like I said, yeah. Colorado State Patrol, Star CSP, it's super easy. It's not just for DUI. If you suspect if somebody's road raging, something else is going on, call us. And we'll dispatch it either to our officers or other officers in the area, and we'll try and get somebody to stop them. What about, and I've often wondered because I've seen people on their phones, driving down I-25, looking at it, and cars are winging, and they're can we do that same number? Should we call in on that? Because it's against the law, right? You can absolutely call. And and realize that, unfortunately, this is such an epidemic as far as cell phone oh. usage and distracted driving. We are going to try our best. We have limited resources, but we will try our best to, to combat that as well. But I can be driving down the road in my fully marked police car, <laughs> and somebody up. next to me is still on the phone doing the same thing. It's It's unbelievable. But it is against the law. Is it is it against the law to do, have your phone and using it in the car while you're driving? So you can use your phone. You can talk on your phone as long as you're over 18. You can use your phone in the car. Now, having said that, realize that anything that distracts you from focusing on the roadway, focusing on your driving is a danger. So you're taking your brain away from operating a couple thousand pound vehicle barreling down the roadway yeah. to focus on a phone call, focus on whatever else. So... It's a divided attention task, and if you're taken away from that, it's it's a danger to everybody else on the roadway. So yes, it can be legal um, if you're texting, or if you're you know you're doing an email, anything like that. Wow. And uh, what we see most of the time is somebody's weaving, they're accelerating, they're riding somebody's bumper as they do that because they can't focus on both. Absolutely, you're going to get a ticket for that every time. And if but you have to see them doing it right, or not suspect them. You have to actually see them doing that. We do. We do observe them. Yeah. Um, there are different. You know, there are different laws that it could fall under. But if you see somebody weaving all the roadway and they're they're distracted, they can still get a ticket for that. It may not be under the texting statute, but it could be under something else that they would get cited for. All right, here's one: truth or false? I've heard if you put your phone on your Bluetooth system in your car, if you have one, and it's hands free talking on the phone now. You're you're not holding the phone. Is that better or does it make a difference as far as distracted driving? So, again, I mean, it's you're not holding that phone, but, again, your mind is focused on that conversation. You're focused on whatever else is going on besides driving the vehicle. So is it better? It's hard to say. A lot of studies say it's not because you're still distracted. Wow. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. That's yeah. that's the easiest thing. If you need a phone, the phone call can wait. Obviously, the text messages, all the emails, those are still going to be there for you. If it's that important, 
pull over to the side of the road for a couple minutes and get back on the roadway. So keep that in mind. I know we've been talking about drinking and driving and DUIs and the like, but that's a big deal. It just seems so big. I mean, you drive down the road and you look around you and everybody's on a phone. Yeah, and we hear that a lot from people is the concern about distracted driving and people on their radios, people on their cell phones, people with even kids in the car, You pe- people eating bowls of cereal. You see everything uh, when people are driving oh down the roadway. Well, you do. I have seen people eating weird stuff and driving. I, I don't know it, how it they do it. It never ceases to amaze me. Reading a book, a newspaper, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> so what's this, the ticket like for that? If you get a ticket from you, what, is it a huge fine or jail yeah. time or what is it? Well, it, it could be. And, you know, and, and it really depends on what's going on and, and the totality of the circumstances. If it's them just driving carelessly, and I say just driving carelessly, but if it's them driving carelessly, thinking about $170 for texting and driving, we're about $300. And then if it's bad enough where they're driving recklessly and, and really causing a safety hazard, I mean, that's there's a potential for, for jail at that time, or it's a substantial fine. Do you lose points off your driver's license like you do with other situations? Oh, absolutely. On- yeah, you're, you're looking at around four points minimum for those type of tickets. And what you said 18. What if your 16-year-old driver gets caught? 16-year-old it- drivers cannot use a cell phone in the car. They cannot, and See, they are some of that. the worst ones, you know, those the kids that can't get off the phone, can't get off the texts. Uh, they can't even talk on the phone when they're driving. Well, it's amazing. My kids are much older now, but when they were going through that, cell phones didn't exist Right, <laughs> right. We didn't have that problem. Yeah, now you look at, you know, kids in uh, 10, 12 years old, they already have their cell phones and oh. they're, they're already getting addicted oh. to them. Oh, yeah, they're already cranking out and, and the phones, and I and I can get concerned about that. These young people just, I have my driver's license, I have this freedom I haven't never had before, and boy, now I got my friends in the car, we're on the phone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And your friends are in the car, like you said, that's, yeah. that's another thing that... You know, we're cautious of that, and there's laws against uh, having too many passengers when they're young because... Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So there's it's called a graduated driver's license, and there's steps along the way so that they can't have too many passengers, too many kids in the car, so they're not going to get their license, throw all their buddies in the car, and create even more of a danger to everybody else. So it's trying to get them to stay focused, to learn to drive, focus on that, put down the distractions... And that's really key. That's a good idea. I don't think that was around when my kids were getting their license. Yeah, it probably wasn't. No. It's it's a newer. Yeah. Uh, My rules were always, because you you live in a big city, when they first got their license, they could not drive more than five miles from my house until they got used to driving. Right. Right. And then I'd stretch it out a little further. But I didn't want them jumping in the car and driving to downtown Denver. Exactly. Which is is nuts if you've been driving around for 50 years. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So that was always our rule, and it seemed to work out. We've been lucky nothing like that happens. So with the holidays here now, do you set up checkpoints? Will you have checkpoints New Year's Eve uh, when the parties seem to be maybe a little worse than Christmas time? You know, we'll have increased DUI enforcement, whether that be checkpoints or just increased patrols on the roadway. That's going to happen around this time of year uh, for holiday parties, for... New Year's, all those times we we try and increase our presence out there so we can combat these drivers that choose to drink and drive. Um, We're going to have checkpoints, again, occasional times. I I can't tell you exactly when they are, where they are, because they they vary. Um, Well, you don't want to give away where they're going to be. Well, we actually do publicize them when we do checkpoints. you do? Yes. Is that that like on your website or something? uh, Usually we'll put, uh, it depends. It can be on the website. It can be uh, in the newspaper, in the news. We're, We're pretty good about saying where they're going to be because, again, it's just saying, don't do it. We're going to be out there. It's that reminder. And yet people will will put signs up 
and they still drive through there and still choose to drive drunk. It's it's unbelievable. Well, they don't pay attention is what no, it is. Unfortunately, no. We're talking to Sergeant Blake White, Colorado State Patrol, about DUIs and the holidays and partying and drinking and driving, which you just you just shouldn't be doing. I, I wanted to know on these checkpoints, do you just pull cars over? You pull all cars over? Or eh, that looks right. Let's get this guy and pull him over. Sure, when we do checkpoints, one of the things is every car that's coming through there is going to have a very brief contact with a law enforcement officer. So it's a it's it's a very short time frame that somebody's driving up there, and we're just looking for some to make sure, yeah, that they don't have those yeah. indicators that the you know the smell of alcohol is not just pouring out of the car, <laughs> oh, or, you know, marijuana, and that does happen. Oh, I'm um, sure. But we just want to make sure that those cars passing through there are, are, are being safe. Have you ever, ever had people try to run that checkpoint? There that, are people that do that, absolutely. And that's got to be a true giveaway. Why would they not stop? Something's up. Yeah, and it's, I mean, there's, like I said, there's signs leading up to it. There's cones. There's law enforcement all over the place. When you and, get your lights on. I mean, yeah. it's not like you're going to miss it. No, you can't miss them. You absolutely can't miss them. <laughs> so, well, before we, there's another topic I want to talk to you about. But before we get away from drunk driving and pair driving, what do you advise people to be doing? They're going to go to a party. What should they do? What's the right thing? I mean, obviously, the, not to drink would be nice, but they're going to have something. And that's a great. We are very realistic in that people are going to drink. Yeah. The key is if you know you're going to drink. Choose the person that's going to be your sober driver. Have that designated in advance. Now, if you're in that situation where you find yourself not having the designated driver, the rideshare services that are out there, they're plentiful and they're so easy to use that that minimal cost is going to save you $13,000 plus on a DUI. So spend the money on that rideshare service instead of that DUI. Talk about that. $13,000. What does that entail? That's the latest numbers that we've seen. Um, that's that's court costs. That's your vehicle is going to get towed most likely. Um, you're probably going to have some legal fees associated, some fines, maybe some classes. There's a lot that's entailed into that. So it's not a simple, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I might have to spend the night in a drunk tank. It's it's pretty significant. And, it, and you can lose your job from it. There's a lot of effects from it. Wow. Never thought about that kind of stuff. And do most of these people that are convicted of that, do they have to put that, or do they even still do that anymore, that breathalyzer thing in your car? That is still a thing, yes. Is it's it? called an ignition interlock, and there are quite a few of them in use in Colorado for those people that have been convicted. And basically what it does is it to keep your car going or to start the car, you've got to blow into the machine. And then every so often it'll, it'll beep at you telling you need to blow in there again to make sure that you... Didn't have your buddy do it or something, and and we still have a few thousand of those, I believe, in the state. To make sure your buddy hasn't done it, are you serious? Yeah, we've we've got uh, we've got a lot of people that you know try and cheat the system, unfortunately. <laughs> but that. well, another thing uh, the sergeant and I were talking about is the fact we have so many people moving to Denver. You all know that the population's growing, the traffic's growing, and one of the bi- biggest issues you guys face is how different people drive from other parts of the country that move here. I never even thought about that. Well, if you've driven anywhere in the country, you know, besides Colorado, you see these different behaviors that people have throughout the country. It's just kind of those regional quirks that people have. Well, when they all come to Colorado, it becomes this hodgepodge of driving, bad driving behaviors, I would say, (laughs) that we're experiencing. You know, you've got West Coast, East Coast, Midwest, and we just, we've had this huge population influx, and it's just kind of this 
pool of bad driving behaviors, I would say, in Colorado, unfortunately. Well, and there's no way to change that. How do you, what's the hope there? No, and the biggest thing, again, like we're talking here, is education. And being, a, if you're going to move to an area, be aware of the laws. Be You know, there's different laws in different states. Primarily, they're the same. The big laws are the same. Sure. But be aware of using your turn signal. Little things that reduce road rage and keep everybody safe just use that you know one finger and press that signal button that's one of our biggest things that we hear yeah. is somebody not signaling if it's you know little things like that stopping on red light some places you can't make a right turn on a red light in colorado you can after stopping right so knowing all those little laws is, is really key to keeping yourself safe and the whole marijuana thing ties in again because a lot of people are moving here maybe younger adults because of marijuana being legal so then they bring those driving habits with them and then they're on marijuana. Exactly. And and with marijuana, there's, you know, obviously we, we've learned a lot over the years from uh, Colorado kind of being a, a testing ground for marijuana. And again, we, we're very realistic that we realize that people sometimes are coming here for that. Just don't use it and drive. That's all we ask. Yeah, stay home. Or exactly. again, call, call for a ride. Exactly. If you need that. It's very simple. It's just planning ahead a little bit too now. Yeah, because, I, I, don't you think? Exactly. And if you can't plan ahead or if you, you know, for whatever reason you didn't plan ahead, there are still options out there. You can still call a friend. You can still call a rideshare service and safely get home. So there are other options rather than consuming something and, and driving. Yeah, exactly. Good point there. So can we talk about the Colorado State Patrol and the Hidden Scars series? I don't know anything about this. What is this? So the Hidden Scars series is something that we started back in November and it's of this year of this year wow so it's pretty new yes and it's been an online uh video series that we posted on our facebook twitter and youtube and what it basically is is we interviewed doctors nurses um different professionals and we're talking about the impact that crashes have the impact that these incidents have on all of those professionals as well as we even had a um victim's family and we interviewed her and she spoke about how her son was killed in a uh, wrong way DUI crash and the impact that that has so it's it's really important the other thing it talks about is when these healthcare professionals when these law enforcement professionals are, are speaking it's a mental health issue and we for many years just kind of let things go we didn't realize hey this is you know this is something that we should probably talk about and we should be concerned with so now having the open conversation of it's okay to not be okay i think is really important explain that a little more it's okay not to be okay yeah so you know i, I can speak to my, my personal experiences sure, there there sure. are things that have affected me that i've seen on the roadway that have stuck with me to this day i still have those images in my mind i can still tell you you know, what it was like that day, the weather, the the smells in the air, everything when I was there and responded to these incidents um, because of the improper actions or unsafe actions sure. or, you know, driving under the influence, any of that, that person chose or another person chose and it ended up costing someone their life. Those things stick with you and it's it's difficult to to keep those inside. And it's not just us that experience it. It's, it's a lot of professionals that work you know, like I said, doctors, nurses, all that. Well, I have to say, first of all, I didn't know you guys did YouTube videos or you were on Facebook. I never thought about that. I mean, everybody is. You guys should be. Colorado State Patrol should be on that. Yeah, we use Facebook a lot. You know, we, we post on there all the time. We post on Twitter. And for those people that don't have those, 
platforms. YouTube is another method for us to kind of reach people for those education uh, pieces. And, and again, specifically for this video series. So we do it in English and Spanish subtitles. We want to reach all of our population. Sure. We want everybody to watch these videos so that they can understand. How many videos have you done? We are going to push through the end of January, okay. and I think that's probably going to be the end of, of the video. So we post every Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. A different video. A different video on all of those platforms at the same time. Like I said, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. It comes live at 4.30 every week on Tuesdays. Are you doing that work? Is that part of your job to get these it, videos done? It is part of our job. Uh, it's it's uh, We came up with the project, and it's been a big passion for us to to produce these. It's been very impactful just to be part of it. Well, they're pretty awesome because I did look at one yesterday because I wanted to see what this was all about. And I don't know which one it was, but listening to this nurse talk about the effects of these, what's going on, I was spellbound. I mean, it's so caught my attention because here's a professional that deals with this like yourself. Mm -hmm. And the memory she's had or what she has seen, and please be careful. It was like, wow, that's effective. Yeah, and, and like I said, it's it's just that conversation more than anything of saying that this nurse, this uh, district attorney, all these people that you might not think about, how impacted they are by these incidents. And a lot of time what we'll hear is, I don't have to wear my seatbelt. It doesn't affect anybody else but me. If I choose to, to die in a crash, well, that's my problem. Well, it's not. It's, no. It affects me. It affects everybody else on the roadway, all these people driving by, and there's so much more to it than that that one selfish action. So we're just trying to get people to realize your life matters. We care. We want you to be safe, and um, we want healthcare professionals and everybody else, first responders, to be able to talk about this. And the focus of these videos, it's different topics, or is it all just generalization about being careful out there? Is it about drunk driving? Is it about wearing your seatbelt? Is it about not texting while you're driving? It's, it's different topics, and it depends on what impacted that person. So the the nurse that you mentioned, one of the things was texting and driving for her. That oh, was one of the things yeah. that impacted her the most. The mother, her son, it was a wrong way drunk driver that was that killed her son. We have a sergeant with the Colorado State Patrol, and it was child safety, or child seat safety, and kids not being properly restrained. It's different topics, and it it depends on what has affected them. But it's again, it's all things that can be changed. You know, the drinking and driving, properly restraining your children, wearing your seatbelt—all these things you can have an impact on. You just have to make the proper decision. So yeah. that's what we're trying to get people to realize. I didn't realize that was still an issue—the seatbelt thing. I, mean, I, I thought that that was just so common. You just automatically click it on and check your kids and off you go. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that still choose not to wear their seatbelt. And like I said, some of the arguments that we hear are, it's my life, it's my decision, it doesn't affect anybody else. Or what happens if my car rolls into a lake and I'm trapped and can't get out because of my seatbelt? Those are those myths are are something that we still try and combat to this day. Wow, I never even thought about that one either. But I would think you just click your belt, you're out the car, right? Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that, like I said, it's it's the fear of being trapped in water or fire. You know, we hear that one. Um, it's just unfortunately, you, you, it's not really because I hate to say it's not a concern, <laughs> but the chances of that happening are so slim compared to what the seatbelt's going to do to save lives. 
So it's on YouTube now. Is there? What, how did we find that? Did you just go to YouTube and bring up Colorado State Patrol? Yes, it's that simple. Yeah. Uh, you can Google it, too. I mean, it's the, the series is called Hashtag Hidden Scars. So you can look for that on Google. You can look for it on any of those platforms, like I mentioned. Uh, it's very easy. The videos are very short, probably about a minute, minute and a half each. So it doesn't take long to watch them. And uh, everybody that's, that's seen them has, had, has felt that impact. Would you advise uh, your children to see it? You know, teenagers, new drivers. People. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, these are discussions that, that everybody should have. I mean, it, even before you're driving, it's something to realize when you get a vehicle, when you get your driver's license, there's a lot that comes into play. And, again, I'll go back to that nurse. That nurse, it was a young teen girl texting oh, that affected her. I mean, it just caught my attention. You know, we're in a room full of people. I'm looking and I'm going, look at this. And it was very effective. Job well done on that one. I'll have to look at the rest of them. Yeah, and it was just, it, again, it's just capturing that human reaction that that nurse had. And you can see the impact that it had on her. It's just her trying to tell the story, and you can see how emotional it becomes for her. So the new videos will end in January, but several will be still running on YouTube for Yes, we'll keep them posted on YouTube, and we'll stop posting the new ones, like I said, through the through the end of January is what we're, what we're aiming for. But all those videos are going to be accessible on social media. Yeah. You're going to make more, I, I got a feeling, when people really start looking at it. I hope so. The, I know. hope so. And I hope, you know, like we talked to um, Julie, who was the who her son was killed. She said she just wanted to have an impact on one person. If she saves one life, then her story is worth it. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's our goal. Exactly. Well, we've been talking with Sergeant Blake White, Colorado State Patrol. Let's uh, roll out some of those numbers. If you see some driving this next few weeks for the holidays, what do we? who do we call? How do we do that? Star what? Star CSP, like yes. Colorado State yeah. Patrol. That's the easiest thing. If it's a life or death thing, 911. Those those. Three digits are going to be are going to be key, and we are going to be out there in force. So please call us. We want we want to put a stop to these drivers. And any final words of advice, Sergeant, uh, for our driving friends out there before we say goodbye? No, again, we just want people to enjoy the holidays with their families. We want people to be um, to have a good holiday season and arrive safely and spend time with their families. So just be careful out there. Don't make wrong decisions to drive distracted, drink and drive, any of that. Just Plan ahead, be careful, and and have a good holiday season. You too. Have a good holiday season. appreciate it. Thanks for coming in today. Appreciate it. And that's uh, Mile High Magazine for today. I'm Murphy Houston. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.